Power Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time we gather for a spiritual conversation with enlightening guests. And I'm glad you're here. What does a mature, realistic approach to peace and justice look like today? How can we overcome distrust and anger and ignorance? Well, author Scott Brown is here to discuss these and other big questions and to share concrete ideas for putting our intention for peace into action. Are you ready to meet him? Scott Brown is a visionary peacemaker and life coach who brings together psychology, spirituality, nature-based healing, and social change. He's the author of Active Peace, A Mindful Path to a Nonviolent World. Scott worked on the front lines of activism for more than 15 years, and he's applied his peacemaking skills as a restorative justice program coordinator, a mediator, a wilderness rites of passage guide, and as a mentor to youth both in and out of the criminal justice system. You can find out more about Scott and his work at fouractivepeace.com. That's the number, fouractivepeace.com. Scott, welcome to Out of the Fog. Hi, Karen. So great to be back with you. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're back. When we talked, it was last summer. It was the summer of 2016, and it was before that very divisive presidential election in the United States, and even before some of the worst of the arguing and fighting and uh, division had come to pass. We are so much more reactive and combative with each other, it seems to me, on both sides of the political landscape. How do you, from your perspective as a, as a peacemaker, how do you see things now? Well, uh, not much different than I saw them before, but I, I think you're right. I, I think we've, we've gotten a little more clarity as to the divisiveness. And yes, it's, it's both sides. It's sideless. And my view on that is that the belief in separateness doesn't discriminate. And that is really the, the collective wound. That's the root cause of every form of violence that we can think of. This deeply ingrained belief that we have, that we as humans are separate from each other, from other species and nature as a whole, and from, from the source, from the great mystery. And that, to me, is what needs healing and what needs attention. And so that's the territory that I, that I continue to explore, and it just feels like mm, this, this, is, this is core. This is core to deal with that root cause as we do what's ours to do in the world, whatever that is, um, be it raising a family or being a good partner or uh, engaging in what I like to call these days just engaged citizenship, you know, activism. Healing that root cause, that belief in separateness, to me is is the key to to hope and um, life, the continuation of of really life as as we know it. It's kind of a 
it's a tangle though, isn't it? Because we are part of how we identify ourselves as individuals is in the things that make us different from other people. And yet we are all interconnected. We are all interrelated. Where is the the sweet spot between my personal the views that I hold and how I see myself as an individual and my also being part of that greater collective? Mm, great question. I think the sweet spot for me is in holding the paradox gracefully and with integrity. All this 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 path of active peace that I outline in the book and that I continue to uh, teach and explore, there's paradox in it everywhere. You know, the, the shadow and the light and what's aligned with life and what's not aligned with life. And yes, the individuality and the uniqueness and the shared source, the, the common ground. So I think there's something about being able to to step back, to look at the big picture that that really allows us to to hold our seats, as one of my early teachers liked to say, to hold our seats in the middle of the fire, you know, regardless of of what's happening, and to embrace a path of ongoing maturity and realizing that it's it's not us versus them anymore, that the only enemy is ignorance. And so we're all working to become more aware, more self-aware, more, more skillful in our relationships, deepening our connection to the earth. So all of this really, despite the challenges, results in a in a beautiful life a, a beautiful path a, a elegant way to to walk the the, the tightrope of um you know life and reality in a way that that can really feel like on the one hand everything is okay and there's nothing wrong on that kind of that absolute level of reality, this, and you know, that's spiritual maturity for sure. And that's a big step for pretty much all of us to realize our essence as a human being, that, that spiritual essence arising from that ground of being, that's a sweet spot from which to watch the unfolding, but it also allows us to engage and do what's ours to do without attachment to outcome, um, appreciating that, that we're growing as we, as we engage. So that big picture, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot there. <laughs> there is a lot there, and it, it, you're making me think about that difference between reaction and response, which I think, at least as I believe, is a big part of that spiritual maturity. So much of how we are with each other when we are feeling separate, when we are feeling divided is, is we get triggered and then we have a reaction and then things happen that feed that reaction, which is very different than a response, which can come from yeah. that being willing to keep your feet to the fire can come from that being willing to keep your seat. And that's a, to me, there's compassion in there when we allow ourselves to respond instead of react compassion for ourselves and compassion 
for the person that we are responding to. Right. Well, that to me is mindfulness. And you know that that's a big part of, of the book that I wrote. And that continues to be foundational to me. The, the, we've already hit on the, the two, I think, most profound foundations of a, of a truly consistent and heartfelt approach to nonviolence. And one is, is cultivating that spiritual maturity and the other is that psychological and emotional maturity that gets cultivated through mindfulness, which is just conscious awareness, right? We're just noticing our own experience, even as we participate in the world and, and notice what's happening around us in the world, we're, we're holding this awareness of our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, our reactivity, our non-reactivity, um, our innate nonviolence, our innate violence, um, or our reactive violence, I guess I should say. All of that, we, we, we watch it, right? We watch it and we, we do, we work that gap between stimulus and response. And that can, that can keep us in relationship, right? Because... So much of the habitual thoughts and patterns, the automatic responses, cut off relationship, cut off our care, cut us off from our, our hearts and our heart connection to our very natural heart connection to other people. So I think this is the territory here is trying to cultivate our true essence as human beings, this natural peace that we have underneath the thoughts, underneath the reactivity, there's this natural peace. And this, you know, we, we've heard that we're hardwired for a relationship, and it certainly seems to be true. And yet, stuff gets in the way, right? These habitual patterns. So, so yeah, it's all, it's all interconnected. Right, no separateness anywhere. You know, wherever I look, um, you know, if I'm trying to eat more healthy in my life, which I am, that's not separate from trying to cultivate more clarity to bring into my work. You know, it's it's all connected. It's all connected, and embracing that reality is also a big step and a path and very healing. So I, I put all of this in the context of this, this great healing that we're all a part of. We can, we can stop pointing the fingers and just admit that we're all healing and we all really do our best based on our, our worldview of reality, what we feel like is, is true and important. And, um, you know, ultimately, there's only one person that we're each in charge of. And um, uh, hopefully we know who that is. It's, it's ourselves. As you bring this message into communities, is it, this is a very loving message and it, it asks something of me. It demands that I pay attention. It demands that I stay with it. It asks me to focus and to care and to keep 
looking, even though it's difficult to see what I see in myself and what I see in others. As you bring this message into communities, what is the, what is the process like? How does this work? Are people resistant? Well, I want to just add one piece to that, and that is that I, I'm not asking any of us to be perfect. So just to put that out there, that's part of the love, right? That's part of the compassion is a, is a self-compassion, is a self-empathy. So as I bring it to communities, I, I found on the book tour, and I have found since, that there can definitely be a, a resistance. There's a big part of us when we come together to, to participate in a, in a meeting, a gathering that's about peace and peacemaking. There's a part of us that wants the solution to be out there, that wants there to be a, a silver bullet, that wants there to be an answer. And a, a really a, a challenging part of my message is there's no quick fix to healing the belief in separateness. And there's no guaranteed outcome. So that's definitely challenging. The other challenge that I notice pretty consistently is as soon as it turns, I turn the attention inward to just mindfulness, to just breathing, to just noticing the thoughts, to just letting go of all of the preconceptions. Some people are right at home there. A lot of people are not. And then the other area where I turn the attention, because I think this is really the most challenging territory, and it's the interpersonal, right? It's, it's loving and engaging with, even with people that ag- agree with us, there's, there's can be discomfort there because we... We're just not used to a, a deep level of connection with, with other people. It's, it's not how the dominant paradigm is organized. And so consequently, it's, it's not what we're used to. So we're exercising all of these new muscles as we really try to engage in a nonviolent way, a mature way there's there's so much growth and so much stretching and and learning so challenging and yet i think there's so much satisfaction in it at the same time again another paradox i guess but this sense of wow yeah to to really be clear on what the root cause is and some practices for healing it and bringing that into the world in a consistent way. Wow, how, how important is that right now? You're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager, and I'm talking with Scott Brown. He is the author of Active Peace, A Mindful Path to a Nonviolent World. And Scott's website is fouractivepeace.com. That's the number four, activepeace.com. If, you, if there are people listening, and maybe I'm one of them, who are thinking, this is overwhelming to me. I am arguing with family and friends. I don't know what to do. I want to make a difference in the world, and I don't know where to start. Where do we start, Scott? Mm. Well, 
I think I think it's about cultivating foundations for for our own healing and cultivating our own courage, our self-awareness. So I guess I come back to to the book and this idea of mindfulness to just notice. To, it's a it's a step into radical honesty in a way, an honesty that's that's deeper than all our, all our thoughts and our judgments to just come into our hearts to inquire what's alive here. What's happening? What are my needs? What are my unmet needs? What are my, my deep longings? And just pause there because just that is a lot. <laughs> and to, to work that territory and when I look out at the world and I see the, the violence and the suffering and the pain, cultivating the capacity to take that in without reacting, I call that bearing witness, to be able to just take it in and feel it and process it. And then in terms of holding the paradox, to be able to look out at the world and see all of the nonviolence and all the beauty and all the wonder and take that in, right? So cultivating a sense of balance, using our resources, the things that we know that works for us so that we can stay centered, so we can hold our seats, walks in nature, talking to a friend, reading, writing poetry, playing music, listening to music, um, exercise. Those things are only becoming more and more important. So, you know, starting small and making it bite-sized and, and breaking it down because the overwhelm, you know, that can feel really real, but that's just more thought. So really letting go of that and stepping back to gain some perspective on it and to get in touch with what's underneath all of the thoughts. That's basic mindfulness practice, conscious awareness. So again, I, I just your question brings me back to the most basic of the basic foundations as, as I see them. As the proponent of active peace. What are your priorities right now? What's most got your attention? Well, what has my attention is to keep going. Um, you know, I've gotten a, a fair bit of support and encouragement um, over the past couple of years with the book and the 50 City Book Tour. And, you know, it's not, it's not overwhelming support. Like, people breaking down my door to, to pay me to present or um, you know, offer myself. But it's enough that I feel like I have to keep going with this. So I do that in the form of a webinar that's coming up um, very soon, as a matter of fact. And maybe I'll, I'll say a little more about that towards the very end. The other thing that really has my attention right now is a specific process 
one of the ways I've channeled my energy looking out at the world and seeing the, the big mess is a process that's grounded in the principles and practices of restorative justice, but also mindfulness and nonviolent communication. So uh, uh, I call it the community peace and justice process. So taking restorative justice out of the system and empowering communities with those tools to heal the harm that has happened or the potential harm that's knocking on the door. It could be anything. It could be an environmental issue. It could be a police shooting. It could be in, an Im immigration issues, um, the full gamut. And there's a way that we can do so much better, I think, than, than what we're doing through, you know, simply limiting our activism to, you know, litigation and protest and legislation. And so I'm, I'm very keen on putting this out there in the world and seeing if there are people who are interested in it. And if there's funding for me to go to communities and, and offer it. And really, I just I want to give the tools and empower people, particularly youth. Because what I find is adults, we're pretty set in our ways, right? Our, our patterns are pretty deeply grooved, like an old LP record. But the youth, are, they're more open. And they've gotten some better training, too. You know, a lot of youth these days are they're learning restorative justice in their schools. They're learning nonviolent communication. They're learning about their emotions and their needs. They're getting interpersonal skills. So those are two things that, that come up for me around what's really alive in me right now is the webinar and this, this uh, peace and justice process. Can you say a little bit about that webinar? We've just got a couple minutes left, and I'd like the listeners to know how they can participate in that. Great. I call it courage, healing, and effective action. So really, it's, it's foundations, it's practices, it's very experiential. There's, I really enjoy the, we do it on Zoom, and so... Um, participants can interact with each other in the privacy of their their little Zoom room, and it's it's cultivating the the capacities uh, that we've talked about um, to to really understand what the root cause is and what it takes to heal it. There's plenty of opportunities to you know, to make commitments and set intentions to really get on this path of what I call active peace. We could call it nonviolence. We could call it sacred activism. We could call it a lot of different things. But what it is is a very consistent approach to, to healing and nonviolence. And there's definitely that spiritual maturity component, which is really where the courage comes in. You know, what gave Gandhi and Martin Luther King the courage to do what they did? It was it was a, a sense of self that was not a small 
limited sense of self. And so we cover quite a bit in the, in the seven weeks. It's uh, Wednesday evening, starting this Wednesday, um, seven consecutive Wednesday evenings, um, five o'clock Pacific time, and for two hours. And it's pretty comprehensive, and it ends with putting it all into practice with these principles and practices of restorative justice, mm. the, the basics of this community peace and justice process that, I'm, that I've put together so that people get something very practical. So I, I really want to make every session very practical, the mindfulness session, the healing the relationship to nature session. There's, there's very practical tools that come out of those so that, so that we can hold our seats. And, um, and can people sign up yeah. for that at your website, Scott? Yes. If they go mm-hmm. to the website under events, okay. um, they will find that. And there's also a link on the homepage, but Wonderful. either on the homepage or under events. Thank you so much for being on the show. You said one of your priorities was to keep going. Please don't stop because we need you. So please do keep going, Scott. Thank you so much for being on the program. That is Scott Brown. His book is Active Peace, A Mindful Path to a Nonviolent World. His website is fouractivepeace.com. That's the number four, activepeace.com. If you click under events, you can get information about the upcoming webinar that begins Wednesday, October 4th, 2017. Find all that information and much more there, fouractivepeace.com. And of course, you can always find out more about what's coming up on the radio show and check out private sessions and events and classes and all kinds of good stuff in my world at KarenHager.com. And thank you for listening today. Together, we are spreading a little more light in the world. And a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.